the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AboutJesus.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I want to take you on a quick journey on some verses that emphasize this love, this agape love of God. I want to saturate you for a few moments in the scriptures that relate to the love of God. Then we'll look at some principles that will help us to begin to live it out in our lives. First John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love, whoever does not agape, does not know God because God is. What is he? He's agape. He's a love. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, the first part of verse 8 says, Love, agape, never, the God kind of love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, agape. But the greatest of these is agape, love. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, agape, but perfect agape, love, drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in Love, agape, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus' words in John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. Agape, one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Matthew 5. 43 through 46, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get are not even the tax collectors doing that. First John four eleven says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love love one another. And then, of course, the classic passage in 1 Corinthians chapter, the end of chapter 12, going into chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Would you agree with me just on that quick journey of nine verses, nine passages that love is very important to God? It's at the very heart of who God is. It is his nature. I want to talk to you about how do you live in the love of God? Now, I want to give you a disclaimer before I go into today's message and next weekend's message. I haven't conquered this myself yet, okay? I'm still in the process of learning how to love. How about you? 
I'm going to share with you over these two weekends four things that will help you to become a more loving person to move you down this journey. Two this weekend and two next weekend. I'm using the word love, L-O-V-E, as an acrostic for us. So I'm going to give you four principles based upon L-O-V-E. L stands for this. To love other people, you must learn to let go of some things in your life. Love lets go. The beginning point for love really involves removing any barriers that are restricting our love. There's some things if you're going to love other people, you've got to let go of. Because love is a heart issue. And I'm going to quickly share with you seven things that can block the flow of love in your life that you must learn to let go of. The first one, you and I must learn to let go of resentment if we're going to love other people. Resentment is a grudge that you hold towards someone. When someone has hurt you, There's some injustice that you've experienced in your life. The natural tendency is to hold on to that, to retain the anger, to retain the resentment. And the feeling is, I'm going to pay you back for what you did to me. You did something that hurt me. It's the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And so I resent you. I'm going to make you pay for what you've done to me. When you're holding on to anger, it always blocks the flow of love. You can't have resentment and love at the same time. They're antithetical one to another. And so if you're going to have love flowing through you, you and I must on a consistent basis get rid of the resentment in our life. And there's only one remedy for resentment. It's not easy, but it will work every time. And the the antidote or the, if you will, the remedy for resentment is forgiveness. That when you and I forgive other people, we, we let them off the hook. It doesn't mean that what they did was acceptable or right, but we simply release and we let go. We say, I'm not going to hold on to this any longer. I'm letting go. Notice Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of, let go of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. What's the next word there? forgiving each other just notice this just as in christ god forgave you if you and i have experienced the forgiveness of christ then we need to take the same forgiveness and extend it to the people around us romans 12 17 do not repay anyone evil for evil be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone if it's possible as far as it depends on you live at what's the word there peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And the greatest good that you can have in your life is the good that comes from love. Hebrews 12, 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And Mark eleven twenty five, Jesus' words, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, say that with me, anything against anyone. That's pretty inclusive, is it not? What's the next word? Forgive, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins. Let go of resentment. But number two, let go of hatred. Hatred is intensified or hardened resentment. That over a period of time, resentment, if you will, hardens into hatred. And hatred is an inward and an outward hostility toward other people. And hatred is a cancer of the spirit. It's a cancer of the soul. We're told very clearly in the Bible that hate 
is not appropriate for God's people. First John 2, 9 through 11. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or a sister is still where? If you claim to be in the light, but if you have hate in your heart, what are you really living in? Darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness. Now, John repeats this and walks around in the darkness. It's now is the third time in these verses he said that. They do not know where they're going because the darkness, now the fourth time, has blinded them. You know that hatred will blind you? Hatred makes you blind. It blinds you to reality. It blinds you to the possibilities of love around you. First John four twenty. whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Let go of resentment and let go of hatred. Number three, let go of cynicism. I want to talk just for a moment about cynicism. It's not something that you normally think of when we think about love, but it's a very important word that I want to draw to your attention today. Cynicism really is, is mistrust. That really what cynicism is. It's the inability to trust someone or the refusal to trust someone, primarily because of disappointments in your life, that you've been disappointed by something, and so you become a cynic. You don't trust anybody or anything. You become suspicious. And of course, any time that you have this mistrust of other people, you can't form relationships with them because the very basics of relationship involves trust, right? You can't, you can't trust if you're cynic. Jesus himself, when he was on the cross, not only guarded his own heart from resentment, he also guarded his own heart from cynicism. I want you to see this in Luke 23, verse 34. It's one of the seven last sayings of Jesus. You've heard it before. Jesus, he's on the cross, and he speaks these words. Father, what did he say? Forgive them. But then he added this. He could have stopped there, right? He could have said, Father, forgive them, but he didn't stop with that. What did he also add? For they do not know what they are doing. Notice that it wasn't just forgive them. It was forgive them. And by the way, I don't want any cynicism in my heart. They don't even understand what they're doing. You know that most of the people that will hurt you, they don't even have a clue what they're doing. And so Jesus recognized, I don't want resentment in me. I want no cynicism in me. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And so if you're going to love, you have to clean out. You have to let go of cynicism. Number four, you have to let go of pride and prejudice. These two things are linked. Prejudice is prejudging another person or prejudging a group of people based upon your own personal bias, or your own personal sense of superiority. That's where the pride comes in. Prejudice is a preconceived opinion or preconception based on your personal perception or your personal opinion, your personal sense of, again, superiority about your life. And by the way, pride and prejudice is something that God hates. Notice the scripture as it describes the nature of God in Romans chapter 2, verse 11. For God does not show what? Favoritism. Notice Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge or you too will be judged. So valuable to remember. Number five, let go of jealousy. Jealousy is this feeling, uh, it, it's a kind of resentment, but it's, it, it's based on your view of somebody else's success or advantages. You look at another person, you say, wow, they've got what I want, or they've got what I feel like I really, that really should be mine. 
And that's the root of jealousy. It's always the concept of comparison. You don't feel jealous until you start comparing your life and comparing your lot in life with other people. And I want you to see how clearly the Bible teaches the, the, the impact of jealousy. I'll give you a couple of examples before I read these verses for you. You know that Cain killed his brother Abel because he was jealous? God accepted Abel's offering because Abel did it the right way, and Cain was mad at God and jealous of his brother and murdered his very own brother out of jealousy. In the, New Te- in the Old Testament, uh, Joseph, character of the Old Testament, he was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous of his relationship with his dad. His dad had favor toward him and made him the coat of many colors, and they, they didn't like that. And so their jealousy, actually, they were initially wanting to kill him and destroy him until he was rescued, but nevertheless sold into slavery. Jealousy will make you do all kind of horrible things. Proverbs 14, verse 30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like, what is it like? Cancer. James 3, 16 tells us, for whoever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Jealousy spawns all kind of evil. Number six, let go of shame. One of the things that blocks love is the unresolved guilt and shame that we carry, the sense of worthlessness that we have on the inside of us, guilt over things we've done in the past. And I will tell you what guilt and shame and condemnation will do to you in the sense of worthlessness. worthlessness. It, it alienates you from other people because you don't feel worthy of relationships because you know stuff about you. Don't raise your hand here. How many of you know some unflattering things about yourself, right? And I've heard before people say words like this, I hate myself. I hate myself. Listen, folks, if you hate yourself, you'll never love anybody else, okay? If you hate you, you cannot love anybody else because hatred toward yourself turns outwardly toward others eventually. It certainly alienates you from other people. This feeling that I don't matter, I hate myself, I should have never been born. I've heard that before. Dear ones, I want to tell you today, that's not God's attitude toward you. You're precious and loved by God. Yes, you've made some mistakes, but God forgives you. God gives you a fresh start. He gives you a new beginning. And you and I need to realize that we don't have to live in shame and guilt any longer. We have a solution. That solution is to understand that God loves us. And because God loves us, we can appropriately love ourselves. Listen to Jesus' words. I hope you're hearing this today. Jesus was asked the question, what's the most important commandment of all? Jesus answered, the most important is this. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second most important commandment is this. Love your neighbor as you. Did you know that was in the Bible? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So important to realize. Now, when it says love yourself, it's not, it's not in any way uh, talking about an exaggerated opinion of yourself. And it's not like you're supposed to get up every morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you are awesome. No, it's to have an appreciation of who God made you to be as his child, to have an appropriate sense of value and worth. I'll come back to that in a moment to realize that God loves you and forgives you. First John 1, 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to do what? to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, that he washes our sins away. And number seven, let go of fear. Here's what I want you to see. What's the first thing you have to do if you're going to love other people the right way? 
you've got to let go of some things in your life. Amen? If you don't let go of these things, you're not going to be able to love. These are things that block the arteries of love in your life. Now, the next thing, the second thing that I want to wrap up with today, love opens up. When you begin to let go of these seven things that we talked about, then you're prepared for this next step of love, and that is opening up. To open up means that you make yourself vulnerable, approachable, that you demonstrate initiative toward other people. See, when you're living in these other seven things, it keeps you alienated from people. But as you begin to get rid of these seven things, you're now able to step toward people. You're able to open up your life toward them in vulnerability and with trust. See, it's impossible to love others without opening yourself up to other people. You can't love people completely at a distance. You have to connect with them. And let me share with you three things. If you're going to open yourself up to other people, here are three things that are essential in your life. The first thing you have to do to open up to other people, you have to stop. What is making excuses. You know, I hear it all the time. Oh, pastor, I need some friends in my life. And that's, that's okay. It's okay to pray for friends. Not a bad thing to do. But what I will tell you is if you're going to have friends in your life, you have to do more than pray for friends. You can't pray for friends and then live in a cave like a hermit, emotionally or otherwise. You can't pull yourself outside of the context of interaction and expect to have friends. If you're going to have friends, you've got to engage with people. And there are a lot of excuses that we make at times that we say, you know what, I really like to have friends, but I'm just really shy. Or you know what, I'm a, I don't know, if I, if I reach out, people might reject me. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure I want to do that. Or you know what, I'm really busy. I want friends in my life. And we go on all, all these different excuses. And I will tell you that you cannot make loving connections with other people as long as you're living to yourself, as long as you're making excuses that justify isolated living. So the first thing is, if you're going to have new friends and loving relationships in this opening up, you have to stop making excuses. The second thing, trust God's love for you. The biggest hindrance to reaching out to other people is fear. It's the biggest hindrance especially the fear of being rejected. This burning question is, if I reach out to somebody else, if I try to form relationships, if I try to develop loving interactions with people, what will be the response? Will I be rejected? I want to help you today get over the fear of rejection. Are you ready to be delivered from the fear of rejection? Are you? Three of you are? That's awesome, okay. Are you ready to be delivered from the fear of rejection? I'm going to help you today get rid of the fear of rejection. To get rid of the fear of rejection, number one, accept the fact that you're going to be rejected. And if somebody rejects you, it is not the worst thing in the world. You are going to be rejected. Go ahead and accept the reality that some people in your world are not going to like you. They're not going to accept you. You've experienced rejection in the past. And guess what? You're still alive. You're still living. So accept the fact that you're going to be rejected, but also accept the fact that you're going to also be accepted, okay? That there will be people that will come into your world when you're reaching out that will accept you, that will embrace you. And I will tell you the way to deal with it, the most effective way to deal with it is to deal with it in such a way that you become a person that is looking to invest in relationships, not get things from relationships, I'll talk about that more in a moment. But notice 1 John 4, 18. 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? Drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You need to be secure in God's love. Let me show you why this is important. If I, if I am secure in God's love, if I know that God loves me, some people are going to reject me. Some people might accept me, but God always loves me. That I don't need your validation for me to feel worthwhile. The love of God is far more than anything we can imagine. The love of God is not only magnanimous, but it's, it's awesome. It's great. There's no limit to the love of God. And so whatever the deficit is in your soul, God can fill that up if you'll step in and receive the love of God. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. What perfect love? There's only one perfect love, and that's the perfect love of God. Then the third thing, read together with me as we're wrapping up today. What's the third thing to do? Reach out how? Carefully. So love lets go, and then love opens up, and we open up when we stop making excuses. We open up when we begin to be secure in the love of God, and we open up by reaching out how? Carefully. Now, when I use the word carefully, actually, I would actually prefer that word to be separated into two words, carefully or full of care. That when you reach out to other people, you do it in such a way that you're reaching out full of care for them. That it's not about what you're going to get out of the relationship. It's about what you bring to the relationship. Because if you're not careful, as I mentioned a moment ago, you and I will go through life looking for what we can get versus what we can give. And there's a lot of folks that never have meaningful relationships because they are so stinking needy. Yeah, I said that. Okay. Have you ever been around a needy person? A needy person, they latch onto you like a parasite, okay? And they, they drain everything from you, okay? And they say, love me, love me, love me. Take care of me. I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you, okay? okay. And before long, it's like, give me a break, okay? I need to get away from you, okay? okay. Are you with me here, okay? And those kind of relationships just drain you dry. There's, not, there's no mutuality that's there, amen? Sometimes this happens in marriages. It happens in friendships. It happens in a variety of places. God didn't create you to be needy. God created you to be whole, amen, okay? And your wholeness comes out of relationship with God, not out of relationships with people. There's not a single person that can make you whole. Only God can make you whole, okay? And so you have this... When you begin to experience this wholeness in your own life and growing into it, you, you begin to lose some of your neediness. And instead of attaching on, you begin to bring something to the relationship. Now, think about this. If you have two people in, a, in, a, in an interaction or relationship and both of them are bringing things positively to the relationship, will the relationship be better? Of course it will. That's the way it works. Now, take a look with me at some scriptures here as we're wrapping up. Notice Proverbs 18, 24. Everybody still love me right now? Good, okay. All the needy people are really mad at me right now. I know that's okay. So You'll get over it. I promise you, okay. A man that hath friends must be extremely needy. No. Read it with me. A man that hath friends must show himself what? 
friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And so if you want to have some friends, what do you need to be? Friendly, okay, right? Nobody loves grouches, okay? James 1.19, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Notice that there are two slows and one quick. In every relationship, what you want to do is always approach relationships with two slows and one quick. Slow to speak, slow to get angry, quick to listen. Philippians 2, 3, and 4, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too, to love You've got to open up. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. And it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.